Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's BudPod192. One nine two, boo hoo hoo! I'm crying right now because I I just got home, Pierre, from my flight, and I had to quickly make some instant noodles. And the only ones in there were like I don't know why I bought these, but they were ghost pepper, super hot, Ooh. and like the packaging's all black with flames. You know when 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 spicy food has packaging that's like. Do not eat this if you want to live. The, pack- the packaging got- looks like a 12-year-old um, novelty t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, Skulls yeah. and flames. Like an old, re- like an old um, WWF t-shirt of Kane. <laughs> <laughs> that means anything to anybody. Um, and it was so hot. It was so spicy. But I was like, I don't have time to make something else and I'm hungry. So I just wolfed down this super spicy... The kind of like noodles that Korean YouTubers eat for a day. (laughs) And I just just wolfed it down. And then I instantly run to the tap to rub water on my lips. And then I went to the fridge like, milk, milk. And I I got out a bottle of milk. Because because I've been away for a week, I looked at it and it's out of date. And I gave it a sniff and it's sour smelling. Uh. So I was like, oh no. And then I ran back in. (laughs) <laughs> and and Ian was like, you can, there's some oat milk. So I've, I've got next to me this little glass of oat milk now that I'm using to tend to my mouth wounds. That's um, mm. that's some classic uh, slapstick stuff, man. Yeah, it really is. You know, to, to sort of be like, oh no, whoa, 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 and like run to a... <laughs> run to a fridge while sort of going with like burning lips, milk, 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 and then... <laughs> big glug of sour milk <laughs> just good stuff good charlie chaplin sort of uh fun so uh, i'm surprised by this i um, i you're you're a man who likes spice i do like spice i like all spice move over spice girls it's a spice boy here i love a spice but this is extra i i but over the last few years i mean um i'm just turning my gain down here but there might be too my voice might be too spicy. Okay. Spicy Over the last voice. few years, I've I've been trying to wean myself off the chili because all I was tasting in anything was chili. So I've started to take it off. And so now I'm, I'm tasting the food more. But maybe I, maybe that's give, take, landed a blow on my on my chili, um, my, 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 my chili abilities. So you think you might just be, you, you're not match, you're not match fit. You're out of season. Yeah, it might be that. It might be that. <clears throat> but I can now appreciate subtler flavors. But the the other side of that coin is, oh, I'm susceptible to the odd bit of spice. It's subsided now. I'm okay. But I, I, yeah, there was I was there was a moment there was like I don't think I can record a podcast. I'm, there's so much mucus draining out of my nose. <laughs> well, now hang on. You say 
you say that you like subtler flavors <laughs> now. You're a man who yeah. likes a very flavorful foods. So what what are you rediscovering? Sorry, sorry. I guess what I mean is I now appreciate flavors that are not that are not just hot spicy chili, which used to be the only flavor I cared about. Oh, okay. So you okay, I see what you're saying. So now just you can just go, "Oh, that's a nice that's buttery." Yes, yes. <laughs> As opposed to just like pouring ghost pepper sauce onto a some shortbread. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um but I had to rush my lunch because I I I landed f- from New York this morning, Pierre, and then I went straight to an audition in Ooh. center of London. Ooh, bright light city gonna set my soul. That's very sort of um, Did you feel like you were in a montage about man 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 whose career is going well? No, I felt like I was in a montage of like new young person to the city who's about to be taken advantage of. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like a Motown about kid. To be. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. <laughs> I felt like um a young a young girl first like new to New York and she's bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Yeah. <clears throat> And she goes to her first audition, and she go, and then something terrible happens that completely changes her outlook on life. I feel like I'm that's, I'm I'm just at that beat before the terrible disaster. Yeah, like as as you go into audition to be like a sh- a real New York showgirl, then uh, there's like um, there's like a an old scragglier versions outside smoking and you say to her on the way in i can't wait to be a new york showgirl and she's like and says something really like (laughs) horrifying about like um about like uh, just don't just don't get stuck in a in an elevator with mr mcgillicuddy and you're like oh that's some horrible like (laughs) she doesn't quite understand it because she's from the midwest yeah yeah oh no is he a bore (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's perfect that's the perfect line <laughs> was that the line from your my audition today that... my father can be a bore sometimes and yeah is that the line from your audition today is that why it's so perfect <laughs> no not quite uh yeah um yeah um so uh, yeah i felt like i did feel like mr mr showbiz a little bit but one of the showbiz things I was doing today was purely speculative. You know, an audition is a purely speculative thing, so it's um, not 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 exactly. Um, but um, I've been in New York, Pierre, for about six days. Thank you to all <clears throat> New Yorkers for coming to my uh, show, my sold-out show at the Gramercy Theatre. Yeah. It's a real thrill to sell out that theatre, really beautiful theatre. Um, it's kind of theater where I, I bumped into other New York comics and they're like, oh, you sold out the Gramercy. Wow. Oh, that's that good. Kind of thing, that's know? cinematic Which too. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've been having a very cinematic um, time, Phil. It's hard not to have a cinematic time in New York. Yeah. Um, well, it's where they make every I film went, according to the law. It is. It is. And I went to... Um, it's almost like the city is a character in itself, Pierre. I went to <laughs> I went to see the the Thirty Rock tree, the Christmas tree that goes up at Thirty Rock, and you know what, Pierre? Yeah. It is hideous. It's one of the ugliest. What? It's so horrible. It's <clears throat> it's just too much. It's just all these 
blue, yellow, red lights. It's just you, you, there's so many lights on it, you can't even see the tree. Not nice. Wait, so it's just like a giant tree-shaped light bulb. Pretty much. <clears throat> Pretty much. I'm going to actually. I'll text you. I took a photo of it. I'll text it over to you, and I'll see what you think. Um, here we go. Okay, see what you think. It's okay. Yeah, I've sent it. Okay, let me see this. Let me click through from WhatsApp to WhatsApp. Ooh, it looks pixelated. <laughs> pixelated? Yeah, it, uh, no, those are all light bulbs on it. It's so many but that's what light I mean. bulbs. Of, like, it's, it's the tree equivalent of, you know, when in The Simpsons, when Homer invents the makeup shotgun and he shoots Marge in the face. And, yeah. and, <laughs> and her makeup's all like horrible and clowny. That's what it looks like. It's the tree equivalent oh of that. God, it's just so yeah, so garish. Oh my god! Well, it looks like. Do you know what it looks like? It's they're so bright and colorful and so overwhelming visually that it looks like a um. You know when you just look into a big tub of sprinkles. Yes, that's what it looks like. Yes, sprinkles. Sprin it looks like a tree covered in sprinkles. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I see what you mean. It's not. It's it's very the opposite of the of like the the good old Trafalgar Square Christmas tree, sir. Well, I was expecting because Thirty Rock itself is such a beautiful, <clears throat> tasteful place, a beautiful Art Deco, you know, minimalist bits of you know, and very neat lines um, of gold. Yeah, in contrast against like white marble. I was expecting a sort of very tasteful, you know, those very tasteful Christmas trees where it's just like one color of tinsel wrapped around a couple of tasteful baubles and then like a real nice angel up top, like a real classy dame <laughs> of an angel up top. I was expecting that, not like basically a light, a single light bulb in the shape of a tree. An aggressively, almost pixelatedly lit tree. <laughs> yeah. It looks like an old CRT television. It looks like white noise. That's very... Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, like uh, The Art Deco thing is a good point. You'd think that whoever was in charge of the tree would also be like, well, you know... Uh, like, it would be like, like a tree from... Um, who's the fucking guy who made the movie The, the Great Gatsby? Who made the movie? Yeah, the director, the famous oh, director. Did he do Moulin Rouge? No. He, I mean, he, he has that smell about him. It's, it's not Baz Luhrmann. It is Baz Luhrmann. Is it? Oh, nice. That's what I'm saying. Right, yes. Because he made yes, it all yes, art yes. deco-y and, and sort of like, uh, nah, see, you're going to give me all that, uh, that fucking, uh, what are they always taking, uh, the drug they're always taking? Snuff? No, it's know. the 20s. It's like fucking meth and stuff, man. Oh, eth ether, ethylene, mescaline. Yeah, it's, weird. Uh, it's all those weird, like, 20th century drugs where we're all just starting to go, wow, I have energy all day long. And it's like, yeah, it's meth, man. It's <laughs> fucking crystal meth. Um, yeah, yeah, I expected it to be different. Um, yes. But on the other end of the spectrum, um, on my last day, just before my flight, I went to MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art, and they have some pieces there. I saw Dali's Melting Clocks. Ooh, IRL Clock Melt. IRL Melty Clock. Um, some lovely Matisse's. And Van Gogh's Starry Night. 
That's where it is. The Starry Night painting of Van Gogh. Is that where that it is? With this. That's where it is. It's in New York. It's been there since 1947. I had no idea. Oh. Yeah. And I think maybe it is the most perfect painting I've ever seen in my life. It's amazing. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I was very moved by it. It's so beautiful. And what's amazing is this painting you're so used to seeing, when you're up close against it, you, you see the texture, you see the globules of dried paint. Oh. The, ri- the you know the rising the risen bits in in the painting and you're like wow he, that's there it is and you can just see like, like the stars it's like almost a nipple the paint is so thick on it oh <laughs> mm. so like it's always thrilling isn't it with art like that where you can see like his paintbrush made did that yeah you can yeah you can almost see the brush strokes happening before you yeah <gasps> Well, there. Yeah. What a what a what a cultural and and literally spicy time you've been having. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh, I also on my second IPA, I went to a very fancy sushi joint called Sushi Nakazawa, and the chef Nakazawa he is the apprentice in for any foodies out there. Jiro Dreams of Sushi, the seminal documentary about the Japanese sushi master and his his apprentice who's coming up the ranks and about to become his own chef is Nakazawa, who opened this this place in New York. And I went and it was pretty spectacular. What? Amazing. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, what... um was well, a sushi sushi omakase, so it's the chefs are in front of you, sit at the bar, and they're making it. They're making each course of sushi as it comes right in front of you, and you don't get any say about what's in it. It's just you know, it's just the omakase, it's just the menu they have. And as soon as you finished one, they start making the next one, and they pop it in front of you. Um, and one of them, uh, well, there's some. There was some wilder ones, sea urchin. That's really lovely, a sea urchin one. Oh, okay. Um. It's almost like a custody creamy kind of what? texture. No. Mm, yes. Sea urchin. sea urchin is like it's like a sea custard. That is gross. It's like a fishy custard. Fishy custard. <laughs> uh, yeah. I I dream of never eating that. <laughs> that's a that's a documentary. Pierre dreams of never eating fishy custard. <laughs> yeah. It's all about how I've worked for my whole life to avoid that exact flavor texture combination. <laughs> As you know, with me, like I, I, I like a savory custard more than most people. I've, I think this is not even the first yeah. strange sounding custard I've exp- I've told you about that I eat on on the reg. I think that's true. You like a savory custard more. You like an egg gloop. You like gloop more. Savory I love porridge. Gloop. Yeah, yeah. I love gloop. Well, the most. The most extraordinary piece of sushi of the night was scallop. A scallop sushi that was alive. It was live scallop. No. It was alive. It was spread out on this bed of rice. And the chef leant over and he flicked it. And it it went like it squirmed. Eh. Like it was trying to get something off his back. He's like, no. Yep. Yep. And he went. Eat it. I was like, oh, just like that. Like, Eat it. <laughs> God. Um, and I ate it. And it was 
fantastic. It was real nice. It was real fresh. Before I get any RSPC fucking A emails <laughs> to our fucking address, they don't have brains, okay? Scallops don't have brains. It doesn't even know what's going on. It's probably had the time of its life you know, up, up, up in my gob. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like how you also you said it was fresh. Like, yeah, it sounds pretty fucking fresh. <laughs> yeah, it was very fresh. I've never had a live scallop before. It was real good. What was the um, difference? I guess it made me feel like God. <laughs> that was the main difference, Pierre. This feeling of being God, I would say. Um, uh, I, I don't know. Just It was fresher. <laughs> it was sweet. It was cool. It was, uh, like I say, fresh. It was from Boston. That was a nice touch. That was from Boston. Um, oh, it's superb, man! Superb. Um, so with this, so I haven't, I still haven't seen Thingy Dreams of Sushi, but it takes a long time to get to any sort of respectable level, doesn't it? Yeah, and in Jiro's restaurant, like if if you study under him, you spend the first year just making rice, learning how to like shape the rice. Yeah. And then in the second year, you learn to make the egg, the little egg egg sushi. And it takes years and years and years before he lets you anywhere near the tuna. The tuna. That's that. That's the that's the main thing. At sushi Makasi's is the tuna, and uh, at Nakazawa there was a series of three pieces of tuna of increasing fattiness. So that's how they grade the tuna: is the fattiness, the marbling, and then the fatted belly tuna. That's the real. Mwah! That's the real classy, precious stuff. So we had one. The first sushi was the very lean, fatless tuna. It's hop, cold, raw, I'm mm, mm, great. And then the slightly fatty one, raw, cold, hop, lovely, lovely. You're starting to taste a bit more flavor, a bit more fat. And then the really fatty one, they lay on the rice and they get a blowtorch. And they just go, real quickly. And the fat sort of renders and crisps up a little. Ooh. And you... And you pop that in there. Hop. Mmm. And you got the little slightly charred taste with the lovely tuna taste and the rice. Oh my lord. You got you gotta do it. Phil, a couple of omakase places in London. You gotta do it. <laughs> Phil, you are a fancy bitch. Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm a fancy bench? I Am think, I fancy bench? I think you are um Yeah, I think you're a fancy bench. <laughs> And, and I think that if you were a lady, it would be very intimidating to take you on a date anywhere. Good. <laughs> yeah, I um, I like to think I have the eating habits of an oligarch. <laughs> That's what I'm aiming for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're not far off. You're, pre- you're getting pretty close to Bond villain. <laughs> yeah, live scallop is the closest I've ever been yeah. to Bonvillet's diet. Yeah, you're not you're not far off there from from sort of. Uh, I think you'll find it's the freshest way to eat, Mister Bond. <laughs> and then um, they they say scallops are sweetest when they're fighting for their life. <laughs> It doesn't have any nerves, Mr. Bond. 
Do you suffer from nerves, Mr. Bond? <laughs> uh, what, um, what would the comedy equivalent be of having to spend a year working on the fucking rice? Like spending a year just like telling setups, maybe? Just like working on setups? Or just microphone out of the stand, microphone in the stand? Yeah, just microphone out. Hi. How's everyone feeling? You're right. And then that's it. And you put the microphone back in. Yeah, and everyone stand, goes. Come everyone goes, hey, and you go, okay. And then you just leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's that would be humbling, wouldn't it? It would be. And you'd be real good at it by the end, for sure. You'd be such a confident little uh, greeter. <laughs> You confident little greeter. Um, yeah, you. This is yeah. I'd say I'd say you're easily in fancy bench territory here, my friend. <laughs> fancy bench. <laughs> I am a really fancy bench. You got to balance it out. What's the least fancy thing you've done? Well, after the show in New York, we, me and the acts, uh, went to a diner, and I got chicken palm. I got a chicken palm <laughs> and a beer. That's more and, like it. And the and the portions are so big. Like I I ate half of that chicken palm and I was stuffed and I had to leave the rest. Oh, I also yeah. went to the famous Cat's Deli. Have you heard of Cat's Deli? Ooh, no. It's it. I think it became really famous once after um, Harry Met Sally. So the scene where Meg Ryan is coming let's let's call it what it is coming in public the dirty bench she was being a dirty bench that's true (laughs) the scene where meg ryan is coming in a public restaurant that's in cat's deli which i think was already well known for having very very good pastrami which is like salt beef right um and it's such a huge tourist attraction now that you go and you have to take a ticket and you line up and and you, yeah, yeah, hold on to your ticket and they stamp your ticket with what you've had and then you pay up at the end. Uh, but I got these their, their signature pastrami sandwiches, sandwich, which was fantastic. I mean, the, the quality of that meat was, oh my God, so moist, so tasty, so beefy, so good. And... But the size of the sandwich, you know how thick American sandwiches are, Pierre. American like, sandwiches are like cubes. Cubes of filling and then pieces of bread so thin they might as well be crisps. <laughs> I, so I ate, again, I ate half of that sandwich and I was like, I, I don't need to eat dinner. It was so rich and delicious. So I did a little high-low, I guess you could say, Pierre. I did some yeah. high-low. I did some live scallop. I did some dead cow. That's good. I think that's a very nice... That's a, literally a balanced diet. Thank you. I think so. It's a balanced I diet. I think so, for sure. I, um, what did I do? I Have I done anything fancy? I hosted... I helped host some awards. I did a gig. Oh, yeah. The what C- awards? The C21 International Drama Awards. Oh, International drama for like television drama. Yeah, there was a TV movie category, but yes, it was television. Um, all the people, who um, were the big names? 
Well, there was no, so it's like an industry thing in terms of like buyers and commissioners and stuff. So there was no like actual, there were a couple of actors there from like random French dramas. But there was like Olivia Coleman won an award and she wasn't there. Your friend and mine, Sarah Kendall, she won an award. She wasn't there. Um, oh, did she win it for Frayed? Frayed. I'm afraid she did. Ah. She did. She did. She won it for Frayed. Well deserved. Um, but I mean, you, 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 and I know the listeners might not know that if you're a stand-up comedian, you will at some point, at a certain level, be asked to host awards. They they might not be anything to do with you. I mean, I've hosted the Risk Trading Awards. That was it was fun. It tends to oh, be yeah. a weird magazine puts on some awards for an area of industry. I've done the VR awards. I've done the virtual reality awards. Oh, did you? I've done. I've done all. Oh, did I? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've done a whole bunch. Yeah, I've done a few. They're usually quite nice. They're usually all right. People are usually cool. Um, I, I, it's difficult, isn't it? I, I made sure in the thing at these awards they said, oh, and the, the award winners have a have a picture with the host and with the person who gave them the award because the person who was giving them out was different for each award and was actually someone from the world you know yeah their world and there was like oh you have a picture with both of them but uh, because i mean i was just like well unless as they accept the award they lean over to me and say koji then the having me in the picture has no meaning it's just like here's me getting an award from this big fancy commissioner also this but guy's it, yeah, there it, 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 it is weird, but it is does seem to be standard. I mean, I, I did like a, a, a movies one before I, I left New York and I knew a couple, a couple of people in the crowd, a couple of people who were up for awards. And afterwards they were like, it's funny how you're in all the photos. And I, I was like, oh, I, I just assumed that I was supposed to be in them. But I think <laughs> it apparently became like a running joke for everyone, me leaning into everyone's photos at the, um, throughout the night. But I, I that's standard at these awards. The host is meant to be in the photo with... With the winners, I agree with you. It doesn't really make any sense. No, but I guess it's so you don't look like a lemming on the side, just like just waiting for people to leave. And I think it's also because you need to sort of like shepherd them. You need to get them into the right spot for the photo. You need to tell them where to get off and everything. Yeah, I I I chose the lemming life, Phil. To be honest. Oh, did you? You're right, right, right. Because I've done that before, and I, I've always sort of just thought like. Standing here in this photo, both me and this person are thinking, "What? what's this in aid of? And so <laughs> I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to clap and I'm going to sort of retreat to the other side of the lectern. That was my strategy. I now I now play it so much like I'm having um, so much like they're they're my biggest fans i always that's how i play I'm like well done come on and not just that you get to stand next to me and then i smile like oh, oh wow can you believe this that's the only way to play it fake it till you make it you behave like a homelander yes <laughs> is there a new series of the boys coming soon i want the boys there's gotta be there's another series of succession coming in spring is it? Yes. Great. Sausages. That's Great. what he shouts at one point in like the final episode. Sausages. Yeah, Brian Cox shouts the word sausages. It's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> the stinks got in the food. The, st- <laughs> the stinks got in the food. Yeah, that's a great one. That's a great one. Or, or um, could we fetch Greg, cousin Greg a Coca-Cola? 
<laughs> I'd love to see the uh, script. If you don't know, listeners, there's a bit where a weedy character with no power really is is kind of trying to get as much as he can out of his one bit of leverage, leverage, and uh, Brian Cox, the big sort of powerful old, definitely not Rupert Murdoch figure, offers him a drink. And he just says, oh, rum and coke, which is already an embarrassing drink to be having at a high-powered meeting. <laughs> and um, he just has neat rum as well, which is embarrassing if you ask for a rum and uh, spirit in a mixer and the person you're dealing with only drinks spirits neat. Then you feel like a lame-o. And uh, the way that he gets his butler to bring it is by referring to it as a Coca-Cola, as though it's the first time in his life he's ever said the brand. <laughs> it's so funny. I, re I really want to know if that was in the script or if it was improvised. Was in his pronunciation of Coca-Cola. Coca Coca-Cola? Yeah. Probably I, wasn't. I, I think so, but then the script has got so many funny people involved. Yeah. I would just yeah. love to know how it came about. But yeah, it's it's like... Um, <laughs> it's so embarrassing for the person just sort of going, I you've ordered something that I'm I'm aware is available, but I have never ever had to say it myself because i would never dream of drinking it <laughs> coca cola a coca cola could uh could we get mr wang a pint of carlsberg <laughs> you go on oh, no. I, I really i love succession but whenever i'm called upon to remember same with any show i love and like, oh man that show's so good it changed my life oh fantastic and then people will say a bit. Uh, they'll be like, "Oh, isn't it good when they when they da 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 da?" And I just go, "Huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> they do what? Uh, isn't it good when they hijack that submarine? Eh? Huh? What? Well, I'll tell you how. What, Phil? It's correspondence time. Correspondence. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ring letters, letters emails, emails, phone numbers, talking about your system, chemistry, your system, correspondence. Aha, yeah. So this is from this is from Phil. <gasps> we had a Phil last time, didn't we? Yeah. A couple of a week or two ago. Um. So this is from Phil. Is it weird when you get people saying your name? Because I never hear my name. Yeah, I don't love. I don't love it. I don't love it when I hear someone has my name. 
but um, it's fine. And it doesn't happen too much. But, I mean, it's pretty rare. Not as rare as Pierre, but it's weirdly rare. Especially for a name that is sometimes included in a grouping with, say, like, Gary and Steve as a sort of common man's name. Yeah. But, but it isn't common. There are very few. That's true, builds. isn't it? it? It gets unfairly lumped in with Alex, James, and Matt. Mm. Mm. Exactly. Um, okay, so yeah, I well, so when a Pierre pops up, I'm almost offended. <laughs> I'm almost sort of like, well, who do you think you are? Um, ah, ah. Phil says, "Dear Morecambe and Shite," <laughs> and he spelt Morecambe as in as in more come. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, yeah I like that. Good, good. Mokum and Scheiß. You could have gone German. Ooh. Mokum and Scheiß. Mokum and Scheiser. Or is it Scheiser? Maybe it doesn't work. I, I'm not sure. No, Scheiß would work. Yeah. What does he say? As a reverse historian, I started at a random episode and worked backwards. I now realize this is a terrible strategy. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's terrible. A podcast first. Mm. However, like an archaeologist trying to work out what they've dug up, I'm committed to the Bud Pod discovery. Great. That, yeah. yeah. So, okay. So he'd hear a reference and go, but what could it mean? And then delve deeper. Each, each episode, each listen, uh, a sort of sweeping of the brush. Yes. The yes. The buried porcelain. <laughs> yeah. Toilet porcelain. Yeah. <laughs> um. As I have delved back through the pleasure and pain that fellow listeners have endured in their Bowel-related movements, it has reminded me of my own haunting night. (laughs) This is good. This is like a Christmas carol, a sort of slightly haunting Christmas ghost story, like a traditional Victorian. My own haunting night. A Pissmas carol. A A Pissmas carol. A a piss-my-ass carol. (laughs) <laughs> the last last episode, that guy could piss his ass, couldn't he? Oh yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> in a previous life, I worked for a crisis management consultancy firm in the city of London. Oh yes. wow, that's high high pressure, high Very octane. Cool. Uh, we assisted companies in responding to kidnaps, extortions, and cyber attacks, and even the odd time maritime piracy incident. Fucking hell, all right, yeah. I've read about these guys. I've heard about these guys. Very cool. They have to, like... Yeah, they've got to negotiate with, like, the Somali pirates that, that capture big cargo ships coming out of... Uh, which gulf is it? The Gulf of Oman? Yeah, what the, the, the Persian Gulf. The, the Persian Gulf. What's the gulf at the end of the Suez Canal? That's the, that's the, I think it's called the Sea of Arabia. It's the is Red it Sea the and then the Persian Gulf, isn't it? Oh. Give it a Google, because that's well, going to bug me. Re- mm. Red Sea, Persian Gulf. The Red Sea is an inlet to... Inlet of the Indian Ocean, lying between Africa and Africa. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, you're right. So, yes. The Gulf of... Arden is what they they come out of. Yeah, so it comes through. We go through, uh, we go through the Suez Canal into the Gulf of Suez, uh, 
into the Red Sea, and okay. then out into the Gulf of Aden, and then out into the Arabian Sea. So I was correct about that. But where's the Persian Gulf then? The Persian ah, the Persian Gulf is up the other side. Um, is the, up the other side of Saudi Arabia. So the Persian Gulf is what separates oh. Qatar and. Of course, I was getting confused. And Iran. Yeah. Okay. We've got our golfs in a row here. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. So we had to work in shifts, is the point he says, to always be able to cover the many time zones. Yes. Gosh, yeah, this is real shit. Yeah. Uh, one fateful and re- regrettable evening, myself and a cheerful Venezuelan colleague, I like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like the idea of it. Called Ernesto. It's like that's not, it's like the kind of contact you'd um, meet in Cuba in a, like a Hemingway novel or something. <laughs> a cheerful Venezuelan. My colleague for the evening was a cheerful Venezuelan man called Ernesto. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a superstitious but proud man. Uh- <laughs> so they're on the night shift. Him and Ernesto. Uh, despite the alluring premise of our work, there were times when absolutely nothing happened, and you just sat in an empty office in the soulless financial district. Yeah, right, right, right. Which, after the bars closed, resembled scenes from 28 days later. This was one such night. Kind of sounds like the dream job to me. I love sitting at night and doing nothing. It must be like Canary Wharf or something, which is an eerie, eerie part of London. Yeah, well, he says City of London, so it must be. Right. Or, or like that sort of ilk, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bank. Our office was in a shared Bank. office block with investment banking types who spoke loudly on mobiles and in a slang that suggested Wolf of Wall Street was not a cautionary tale of excess, but in fact a self-help guide. <laughs> to go to the toilets, you had to leave your sanctuary and go to the stairwell where the toilet block was communally shared between four offices, like an apartment block in the Soviet Union, but with nicer decor. <laughs> At around 1am, Ernesto came back from the toilets within an unusually quick time, but now had a Vietnam War-style thousand-yard stare. Yeah. Normally so cheerful. Yeah. Mm. Considering their line of work, it must be pretty extraordinary what (laughs) what he's seen. Curious as to what had caused this, uh, I asked, but all he muttered was, don't use the toilets. Someone just don't. (laughs) (laughs) this is Hemingway-esque he said nothing more and quietly went back to work this piqued my interest Ernesto was not the kind of guy to hold back chat and had all sorts of cheerful amusing anecdotes about being held at gunpoint in Caracas and getting the police to move murder victims away from his parked car (laughs) (laughs) so whatever had happened get these murder victims away out of here please Sir, sir, I'm sorry, could you get these bodies out of here? Sir, this body is in the way of my wheel. <laughs> so whatever had happened must have been truly terrifying for this narco-gangland survivor. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So we went back to work, and the uneventful shift continued. Several hours later, a sleep deprivation hit my short-term memory. I left for the toilet, forgetting the shell-shock-inducing ah. fate that awaited me. I confidently pushed open uh, uh, the door and strided into the men's toilets and was immediately in peril. (laughs) (laughs) 
I glanced down to note that across the entire floor was a protracted smear of liquid brown excrement. Ay, caramba. In a blind panic, I turned to grab the door and realized what had terrified Ernesto. <gasps> oh, no. For the un- it's on the door. Mm. For the unfortunate investment banker who had come before us had had an, inve- an eventful night. As the... Uh, uh, oh, the, sorry, this is written a bit strangely. He's still traumatized. Um, whoever had come before <laughs> us had had an eventful night. As the rear of the men's door and all across the handle was a continued dirty protest of shit. Oh, no. How do you open a box so you- with a crowbar in, Phil, without using the crowbar that's already in the box? <laughs> it's like a classic trap. Yeah. He says I was trapped. It's uh, like something out of Saw. <laughs> I want to play a game. You need to leave the bathroom. You'll have to touch the poop. You'll have to touch the poop you came in here to so shamefully get rid of. Well, it looks like you're going to have to get intimate with that with which you ate. Touch the poop. It'd be <laughs> it would be very funny to say to the to the puppet on the TV screen. You're really fucking immature. You know that. <laughs> Who's whose shit is this? Why why does that matter? Why why is that why is that important? Um, so he's trapped. As I gazed at the shit stained door slamming shut, it wafted the stench back to me, wincing and trying not to breathe. I was now fully able to comprehend how badly the banker's bowels had released. Somehow he had managed to shit on the floor, fall on it, and then seemingly conducted a silent movie-style slapstick fall and slip routine all over the room. Oh my god. The walls, floor, cubicle doors, sinks, and even urinals had brown handprints on. Shoe prints, and in one case, a partial facial profile silhouette. Surely not. No, no. (laughs) Come on. Fucking hell, man. Like like Harrison Ford in Star Wars when he gets frozen. Oh, that kind of like a poopy face yeah. <laughs> emerging out the wall. <laughs> yeah, I love I love you. I know. <laughs> Just in a big poop. <laughs> oh man, and this guy's in a suit. Remember, the whole time he's wearing a suit. Oh yeah, and he's basically. Let's call it what it is. He's breakdancing in his own shit. <laughs> oh, man. I, and, and, like, you never have a backup suit, do you? I mean, hopefully this guy, whoever he was, like, cycled to work. He could dress like that. Yeah. Oh, that's worse. Of, is it worse to be covered in lycra? At least I hold everything in. No, I just mean if you got to change your clothes, because you never have two suits with you. Oh, yeah. So, he stands stationary, this guy. It's like something out of Squid Game. Um, <laughs> now stuck in a minefield of turds, hanging half out of one of the toilet stalls was the offending underwear, suit, trousers, and a single shoe. <laughs> no. It's like the guy popped like a balloon of shit. <laughs> <laughs> he just went, blam! Uh. <laughs> and the shoe and the trousers and stuff was just hanging there like uh, from the explosion. Um, all the crisis management training in the world did not prepare me for this moment. In the end, I managed to tiptoe and slowly parkour my way around the room like a sleep-deprived, shit-gagging ninja. 
until but I. But how had... did he get out of the cubicle? Oh, no, it was the door to leave the bathroom. Oh, the whole bathroom. Yeah, the whole bathroom's oh. covered in this stuff. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh my god. Um, creeping around until I had retrieved enough hand towels to escape. I did this all without vomiting. <laughs> That's a funny sentence to write. Um, and I didn't vomit once. It felt like the worst physical game ever from Crystal Maze. After an extensive decom- decontamination session in a different toilet, I returned to the office. I slowly and silently stumbled back in. Ernesto, sl- um, excuse me. Ernesto turned to look at me. I forgot, I quivered. <laughs> he slowly nodded and returned to his computer. <laughs> uh, uh, just a silent nod. We never spoke of that night again, but we both knew what each other had endured. This band of brothers forged in shit. Nice. We never uncovered who the offender was, although I still occasionally wonder how they managed to walk out of the building past the security guard without trousers or a shoe and covered head to toe in shit. Koji, Phil. Walking away like Kaiser Soze. <laughs> yeah. Like trying to... <laughs> limping, but it like... Like the shoe just slip. It slip. The shoe is slipping because it's covered in shit. <laughs> I think it's cycling gear. A lot of those guys do gym before or after work or in their lunch break. I bet you that's what he did. That he, right, that he changed into cycling gear. Yeah, cycling gear the, or gym gear. And as he walked past the security guard, the guard was like, oh, two sessions in one day, huh? And the guy had to be like, oh, yeah, I, I just love to exercise. Uh, yuck. Yuck. <laughs> I quite like the sound of this job, though. Just sitting up late at night waiting to get a, a phone call about pirates. But you've, you've got to stay up all night. And then, like, when you're sleep-deprived and tired, then suddenly you have to be on and you have to negotiate with pirates to save someone's life. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's less fun. Do you think, do you, think you could be like, you could say to the pirate, Oh, can you call back... Tomorrow, oh, just a bit, just a bit late over here. <laughs> the pirates, pirates yelling, uh, like, like, do you know what it's like out here? And you say, look, and just wait till you hear about this, and you tell them all about the bathroom. <laughs> Trying to get relatable with them, you know. Hey, we both have struggles. My my weird city bathroom's covered in shit. <laughs> like you're um, high on chat. I'm here on was a cat. Cat. I think I'm it's cat. Yeah, cut, 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 cut. I'm covered in shit. We, we've, we've all got our problems. We're high on chat, Phil, and now we're about to board. <laughs> we're about to board <laughs> the highly valuable oil tanker of Patreon. Yes, excellent. Um, sign up to the Patreon for the bonus episode coming this Friday. Do 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 do. Friday also, for the as Friday a, feeling. As we mentioned, my Anne Pierre's tours are on sale, so do get tickets to see us beautiful boys live. Yes, please, for the love of God. Um, Soho Theatre, the tickets, they're fading fast. January, February next year, and then an autumn tour, big old autumn tour. Um, so for the love of God, uh, buy some tickets and buy tickets for Phil as well. And you can see just how, see if you can see him being cinematic live on stage. Yes, absolutely. See what New York is raving about. Um, but until then, bye-bye. bye bye. Bye. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.